welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is still true and directly relevant in our lives. If you would like to know more on what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says two words. Are you ready for them? Pray continually. The title of tonight's message is Pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We are so thankful for all that you are for giving us this feast to celebrate, to walk in, to learn and grow with one another. We ask right now that you help us tonight to continue to grow and learn. Help us, Father, as we learn and grow in you. Open our hearts, open our ears, open everything about us to receive you and nothing but you. I ask, Father, that you would use me in spite of me, Father. Let every word that comes out of my mouth be the very words that come straight from your throne. Let them penetrate deep into our hearts, Father. Don't let them fall on hearts soil, but let our hearts be ready to receive your word with joy, we ask. And help us, Father, to continue in following them out and become doers and not just yours only. And everyone agree by saying, Amen. amen and Amen. Should we turn the fan down or should we turn it down? I don't know. Okay, this is cool. Okay. Now, so, there's this mother, had a son, sent him off to school, had him make his lunch and everything. He's all ready to go. As he's walking out the door, he goes, oh, mom, I forgot. I needed a clean white t-shirt today. And she goes, what? For what? She goes, we're doing this drug awareness thing and how to stay off drugs and, and all this stuff. And we're supposed to have to make these t-shirts. And she goes, oh, no. So she goes upstairs, no white t-shirts in the kids in, in any of their um, drawers and stuff. And so she goes through the, the dirty laundry, finds a white t-shirt, pulls it out, throws it in. She says, go, 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 because he's running like, you know. Well, it all seemed good, right? Well, he comes home and he's wearing his shirt. All proud, happy, got this new shirt on, you know. And, but as he's wearing it, she saw something that wasn't a clean white shirt. Not that it wasn't clean, but it just wasn't a pure nothing on front, nothing on back. See, the front of the shirt was a church camp shirt, and it said, Families are forever. On the back, be smart, don't start. <laughs> And sometimes when you do things in a quick, fast hurry, it just doesn't always go the way you want. You know what I'm saying? But life can be like that. We're always in a quick hurry. We're always going to do this right here. I mean, we've always been, or we all have been in this situation where we got to hurry up. we got to go. And when things are in a hurry, things just don't go the way we want. Now, 
If you're too busy to have a chance to pray, write this down. You don't have a chance. If you're too busy to have a chance to pray, you don't have a chance. Oh, sure, you can make it, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, when you pray, you stay. You focus. As a family, you pray together, you stay together. You know, it's funny because that's, I'm finding more and more how true that is. My family is now slowly growing up and I'm realizing the importance of all of us praying together and how we all learn and we grow in this. Now, this message is probably going to be one of my shorter ones. It's going to be um, probably one of the most important ones and probably one of the most incomplete ones. Because this topic, no matter how much you preach and teach on it, it will never be enough. There's so many views, so many angles, perspectives that we can be touching on about the topic of prayer. I mean, it's funny because as even this last week, I'm going over my notes and I'm going to cut this thing shorter. I, I had this huge, that's probably going to be three hours long. You know, I was like, oh, okay, we got to shut this thing down a little bit. So I'm narrowing it down just for some, some you're probably saying, oh, Steve, you should have said this or you should have said that. You're right, I probably should have, but that might be next year. How about that? <laughs> so the whole point is this. I want us to do the most that we can, what I feel the Father's put on me, just for us tonight. Again, we can go on forever on this topic, and it just won't be enough. Now, humility in prayer. I think this is something, please write that down. Humility in prayer. This is important. Um, okay, I want to... If you, I don't have this, I don't think I have this in my notes. Okay, so, but in Luke 18, verse 10, it starts off like Yeshua is going to tell a joke. Okay? Okay, get this. I love it. Can someone turn to Luke 18, verse 10? Because I don't have it in my notes here. It's it coming to me. And I, I love sharing this story because every time I, I see him saying this, I'm ready for him to say the punchline. Okay? And uh, in, in the NIV, it starts off like this. It was two guys go up to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. <laughs> That's what it says. I'm like, this is so great. I'm waiting. It's like it's almost like he's gathering his disciples. Hey guys, here I got a joke. There's these two guys. One was a, one was a Pharisee, one was a tax collector. The, the, the tax collector says, Hey, how much money is in the, in the uh, temple over there? First, says, I don't know. You sure it does not get everything now? I can't count it. <laughs> the bottom line is, the whole thing starts off with, can someone read their version? It doesn't matter what version you got. It's got to be someone close to that. Um, Luke 18, verse 10. Someone read it out loud for me. Roll out. That Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Okay. He said, in a certain time, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Okay. And there, Keep was, going. A widow, there was a widow in the town. This is Luke 18, 10? No. Oh, 18? Yeah, Luke 18, 10. I'm going, keep going. I'm going, I'm going, okay, did I lie? Luke 18, 10. Oh, here we go, we got it right there. Go ahead. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other one a tax collector. Stop. See, it's not like he's doing, he's, that's your show of talking. Hey, there's two guys. Anyway, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, the whole point in that, in that verse, though, is this. There's two guys who go up to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. You can please read it for yourself, okay? The Pharisee goes over, hands wide up, 
praying, Father, thank you that I'm not like that man over there. <laughs> Read it. It says it. And then you see the tax collector. won't even lift his head up. He says, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Yeshua says, whose prayer was heard? Tax collector. Yeah, tax collector. You know, the Proverbs tells us that you know the, the prayers of the wicked are not heard. The only prayer of the wicked that's heard is what? Father, forgive me. Okay, now, we'll come back to that a little later, hopefully. Now, question. How do we pray? Consider. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is, un who is unseen. Then, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. These are instructions that Yeshua gave us. Now, consider the words of Paul. Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, understand, let's pause for a second. Understand that it's the devil's schemes you have to overcome. Please, if you get anything tonight, I want you to get this. Satan does not have authority over you. He has no power over you. He can't touch you, okay? However, it's his schemes that we have to overcome. Because if we fall prey to his schemes, then we hand that power over to him and allow him to do that. That's why Paul is saying, right here, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the what? The devil's power? The devil's authority. No, the devil's schemes. Okay, now... Next several verses discusses the full armor of God. I'm not going to go on that tonight, or maybe a different message sometime. However, he combines it with prayer. Let's look at verse 18. Consider. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for the saints. The Word gives us the equipment to put on. And prayer gives us the communication with knowing what to do and how to work with that equipment. Are you with me now? Now here's the thing. So, how often have we entered our day without putting on the full armor of God in the morning or spent even the time needed in the communication that we have with the Father? Think about it this way. Would a firefighter go into a burning house without his equipment and radio on? Wouldn't think of it. <coughs> Would an astro astronaut go into space with his without his spacesuit or communication system on? Wouldn't happen. Would a football player go on the field without his pads and helmet and not know the hand signs from what his coaches are going to be given to him? Wouldn't happen. Okay. Now, yes. How often? Have we walked out of our house without the armor and not spent a minute on our knees? We're all guilty of it. We've all been so busy. We've all been this. We've all done that. Now, with that being said, this is not about conviction pounding us all down. Because here's the thing. I once heard a pastor say, if you want to make someone feel convicted... Just ask them how much they prayed and read the Bible this last week. Because it's true. 
Now, nine times out of ten, we all know we are not spending the time in prayer. We really don't think any of us needs, I, don't, I really don't think any of us needs in this room to know the importance of prayer, to know the importance of reading. So, my whole thing here is not about trying to get you to know the importance, but let's come together and work together, encourage one another to knowing that we've got to build each other up and learning to pray and read more and follow him more. Are you with me? Why is it that the two most powerful things we can do in this life, reading and praying, are the two things we do the least? We know. We as believers know the power of prayer. We know the importance of digging into the Word, but yet how little time do we really spend getting both of those things combined together into our life? And, and this is, again, I, I'm not trying to convict or condemn any of us, because I'm telling you right now, I can be in this seat, and someone else can be seeing the exact same thing, I'm going, oh, it was me. Are you with me? So, how do we accomplish this in our life? The enemy knows the power of prayer, and he, had, he knows the power of the Word. So he will fill our life with whatever he can to keep you from those two things. He will get you running to and fro. He will get you is so consumed with things. Look at this new TV show. Look at that movie. Oh, did you see this new gadget from Apple? Oh, wow. And we're all going, whoa. Ooh. Oh, wow. Are you with me? We've been there. We have all been there. And are those things, remember, things can be not what sin, but they can get us distracted and pull us away. And we've all been there. Now, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Be clear-minded and self-controlled. Self-controlled. So that you can pray. Okay, let's pause for a second. We all pretty much just agree that we were not reading and praying enough. Okay, to some degree, you know, we all know we could be doing, even if you're doing real good, you know, in your heart, the Father's calling you to more. All right, so in here, so we're confessing that all of us need more prayer. And here is the conclusion from Peter therefore, be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray. So, if we want to pray, we need more self control. Agree or disagree? Now, Luke is an awesome gospel. It records, I think, the most of Yeshua's prayer life. More than the other three. One of the verses that just stands out the most to me is this one right here. It's in Luke chapter 6. It says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. He spent the night. When I think of the word night, my head is on a pillow. <laughs> Are you? I mean, even if I'm out late, when I'm out late, I'm going, oh, where's my pillow? <laughs> Yet he went out and prayed all night long. Now, true story. 
I was around 19 years old, and I thought, you know what? Everyone's talking about fasting these days. You know, I want to go into fast. And so, and then my youth pastor told me, you know what? You don't have to fast food. You can fast from this, and you can fast from TV. You can fast from this. You can fast from this certain kind of food. You can all these different things. You can fast from. The whole thing was dedicate yourself to the Father during that time. I thought, okay, I like that. And so I was all, I've always been an extreme kind of person. If I'm going to do something, I don't go halfway. I go all way. And so I did wrote something stupid. And I thought, I made a vow. I said, okay. You know, if you make a vow, follow through. Even then, at that age, I knew you make a vow to the Father, you better follow through. So, being young, immature, I said, Father, I'm going to go 24 hours with no sleep. And I'm going to pray the whole time. Yeah. I did. I did. Here's my prayer. First hour, in my basement, and I'm now walking, I'm talking to the Father, I'm going all around that basement. And then, three hours into it,
two minutes later, she goes, we better get up and going. I said, oh, no, you got 15 more minutes. She goes, what? I go, yeah, I said 15 minutes. So she goes, why did you do that? I don't like to sleep. I go, I do too, but I just do <laughs> And then the alarm went off again. I'm like, okay. And I like sleep. We all like sleep. But we need prayer more. Did you know prayer changes us more than it changes our circumstances? At least it should. Now, it should. But why and how does that happen? Why is prayer, sorry, what is prayer? Just what is it? If, if I were to ask you that question, write it down on a piece of paper and alter it, we would probably have just as many different answers as many different people you have here on what prayer is, our definition of prayer, what it means to us, how we view it from how we were raised, from how we're looking at the book this more forward. But prayer is this. Are you ready? Boy, it's going to be profound. It's communication with the Father. Period. It's communication with the Father. Now, how many has ever been in a one-sided conversation? <laughs> you ever been in there? You know, those people you can't get a word in advice? You know, you're you're sitting there and you're trying to be polite, you know, they're talking to you, I mean, a million miles a minute, you know, and you go, yeah, would you, mm-hmm, yeah, you're right. what about, yeah, I know, mm-hmm. would you shut up for a second? Sometimes, you know, the father is just going, yeah, I know, I know, you're right, okay, I'll put that on the two of mm-hmm, can I, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, and I, Mm-hmm. And about you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about that one sitting? Okay, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he wants to do that to us sometimes. <laughs> prayer is communication. So yes, prayer changes us more than it changes our circumstances if we're doing it right. If it's a two-way conversation. Are you with me tonight? We need to be quiet to hear his voice. You know, we went on the hike today, and it was so funny because um, some of us were all gathered together, you know, and we're all, the kids are all around, laughing, talking, running around and stuff, and, and then um, I get pulled back a little bit, and, and then they're all moving forward, and some of us are back taking pictures, you know, and, and then I even said, you know what, it's so funny because when it's quiet, you can hear the woods talk to you. You know, when we hear a woodpecker, you know, and the wind blowing through the breezes, you know. And then, and then we were talking about it, you know, just having fun with it. And, and then, I don't know how, but I was, I got by myself. I don't think I kind of spooked because, oh, where's the, where's the trail? You know, because they're, 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 you can see somebody, their coat this way or looking back that way. I just wait for them. We'll all get lost together or something, you know. But, but I didn't see anybody either way. And at, at first it didn't bother me because it was so funny because I had no one to talk to but so much to listen to. And if we give ourselves away, like Yeshua said, get yourself in the prayer closet where there's what? No distractions. So you can what? Hear. You can hear what he's saying. It's so much easier to listen to him when there's no one around, no one giving you something to think about or, or giving you their opinions or, or telling you what they're having for dinner tonight or, or whatever. And you can put the focus on him. Are you with me? Okay. 
Corinthians 15.33. Do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. And I, and I just uh, thought about what I had my children come up this quote that I had one of our memory verses not long ago. Bad company corrupts good character. Let's look at the alternate side. Good company strengthens and builds good character. So, who should our company be with? The more you pray, the better you will be if it's done the right way. Are you with me? Now, if it's done correctly, the more we desire to be like him will come into play. Now, I'm reminded of how winners at the Olympics stand on their winner case. We, we see it every four years if you watch them. I don't, we didn't get a chance to watch them this last month. We don't really get very applied into it. We used to. And but when you see them and they're they're on the winners, you know, blocks and stuff, you know, they're going, wow, all that stuff they just did, you know. And, but when they're standing there, all you're doing is seeing that brief 60 seconds of their fame. And they spent thousands of hours in training. You don't see all that. You just see the glory. And then you get all these wannabes. Oh, I want to be in the Olympics. I want to do that. Because they see that one moment of glory. They don't realize what goes behind it. Here's the thing. Paul says they do that. What? The, run, the runner's race? What? And then they, what they get? Little crown is what? Her today gone tomorrow. Run the race. If we continue doing it, what are we going to get? Oh, man. Consider Matthew chapter 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray. We just read this. To your Father, who is unseen, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay. Read that last part again. Okay? Stay with me. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Don't answer, but... What's the reward? Have you ever thought about that? A lot of times we think, he's going to give me a brand new car. He's going to do this for me. He's going to do that for me. He's going to do this for me. And that's why I'm going to get a reward. <laughs> and we get all giddy about it. When the reward is what? Becoming more like him. That's the reward. That's... That should be our ultimate goal. Nothing else in life but to become more like Him. That's our reward. Because then He sees our desire and we grow in that desire. Now, what would you like your reward to be. Okay? When we mentioned the ultimate goal of becoming my down. But if I ask you, what reward would you like? What would come to your mind? What, if, if you can receive something from the Father, anything from the Father, this second, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, I can only tell you what would come to my mind. Because I had asked myself, and this has been a thing I would like to have happen. I would love to hear him speak back to me. I mean, audibly. I would have to change my bridges a couple times and then fall on my face. But I would love 
to hear his voice. I think Moses had it going. I mean, hear his voice. And I'm serious, I'm going to about change my bridges because I would have to change my bridges. But, but I think to hear him talk, I had this dream. This has been years ago. And um, me and my uh, nephew, we were in, in the stream, we both died. And we, I go to heaven. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. But um, uh, I, I, I remember walking, and yes, it was all cloud and white and pretty. And I remember as I'm walking, and I see Yeshua coming to me. And it was so funny. I, I, I look at him, and the first thing I remember is, I remember this is like this happened last night. In my dream, I said, I always wanted to know what you look like. Oh. And I always have, you know. And, and it was something that I heard his voice. He goes, I know. And he gave me a huge hug. I thought, that is, and I, I'm still looking forward to that. But it's like, the thing is, that's my prayer. I would love to hear his voice. Would you not? I mean, it would be scary and freaky, but oh, so cool and so awesome. It's like that bittersweet kind of, wow, oh, dear God. Have a good thing. Are you with me? Now, how many have ever had to write down what you have to eat on a certain diet? You go, okay, I had this today. Okay, oh, I had this at such and such a time. Have you ever had to do that time? We've, we've had to do that before. And and it's funny, there was one time I was going through some uh, testing. We thought I had MS at once several years ago. And um, <laughs> this is funny. You know, the Okay, so what did you eat here? I said, I had this. Okay, well, did, you, did you eat this? I go, I ate this. Okay. And then they asked me this. Well, how'd you feel? <laughs> how did you feel? <laughs> I felt more hungry. <laughs> oh, man, you don't feel what you eat. You just eat. Amen. Be hungry. <laughs> Be cool. <laughs> now, Here's the thing. There are certain diets that you can be on, and you have to literally write down. You know, okay, I had this, and I had this at this time. I had this at this time. Because you know how your body metabolizes things. And you learn all this kind of stuff, you know. And the stuff you put in your body is what's going to have to go through so eventually, and what's it going to do to you, okay? And so, those diets can be very eye-opening, if I can say it that way. Because then you start looking down on the paper what you eat, then, then if you go to that, what you eat, and you look at the ingredients, you go, ooh. But then you realize what you put in your body, you know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. What if we were diligent to write down how often we pray? You know, okay, I prayed here. A preacher, if you will. Literally. You write down when you prayed. How did you pray? What did you pray? I wonder if we did that, we would be more observant to the lack of prayer we have in our life. Are you with me? Because I've been challenged on that, and and, and it's it, it's something that I think maybe, just maybe, we should consider doing sometime. Now, we need to determine in our hearts to live a life of prayer. It's something you choose to do. It's a determination. Let nothing get in your way. Because I can promise you, everything is going to try to get in your way. I hope you follow that. Everything is going to try to get in your way to keep you from walking the closer walk to the Father. 
Take Satan, take the enemy, take all the demons, take them all out of the picture. Life. Life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. I'm not talking, he's life. I'm talking life on this earth. I'm talking, you know, the twos and pros of where you gotta go. Gotta get the food, gotta get the to school. Life will get in the way. Everything will get in the way as fast as it can. Now, I once heard someone say, I was too busy today that I didn't have time to pray. We've all said it at a different time or another. Please write this down. I think we need to have the mindset, I'm so busy today, I have to take time to pray. See the change? We see the priorities. If we're going to get through all the stuff we got to do, we need that prayer. But what happens is we see all the things we got to do, and prayer gets set to the side. As I said earlier, this is a message that truly can never, and I do mean never, have enough time given to it to speak on it. And I mean that. What I'm covering right here is extremely minimal. And because of that, I want us all tonight, if you can, if you're willing, when you're around the fire, spend time in prayer. You know, people can be all around you, but you need to get one-on-one with the Father. It doesn't matter who's around you. Spend one-on-one time with the Father. You know, I've, um, I have never had a problem with being alone in a crowded room. I really never have. Um, I'm praying. doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. My mind is so focused on, man, Father, you know, whatever the situation is. And I, and I have to be mindful of that because it can come off as being rude. It can come off as being, you know, unsociable or, or whatever. So Angie has to kick me in the side and was hey, they're mingle with people, you know, and she's right because sometimes I I just get over here and I'm, or I'm just, or I'll be just eating. You think Steve's just oh, poor Steve? He's all by himself. No, I am praying. I am thinking. It's easy, and I'm not a loner. I'm really not a loner, but I can become a loner easily because I can just see that taking place in my life. And so, my, I guess my thing is be willing and able to be alone in a crowded room. Don't be unsociable. If someone talks to you, talk to them. But at the same token, spend that time. True story. I was praying, and I was at church. I was in, in a room, you know, and someone walked in, and hey, see how it's going? I'm going to be good, you know? Um, and he says, um, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm praying. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Come on. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, no, it's not okay. And I realized how quick I am to say, what, what you got going on? Did you see what, was, what just happened? I took the time that I was in praying with the Father, something I held dearly to, and I was praying. And I got interrupted. The first person, oh, hey, what's your Oh, what's Ah, don't worry. What you got? When I should have done what? Hey, I'm praying. Can you talk to me after a while? Cool. Where's my priority? On the prayer. How often we can do that and not think a thing of it, not even flinch, because why? He's not here. Quote, unquote. So we don't see him, so how easy it is for us to dis- disregard him. That makes sense? Are you with me? Okay. 
As I mentioned, how prayer and the Word go hand in hand. Please consider praying the Word, especially the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. Uh, I used to read it, I mean, all the time. In fact, it's a great book to go through monthly. It's 31 chapters, one chapter a day. Every month, start it fresh and anew. It's a great book to do that with. I used to do that all the time. I actually need myself back into it. Um, but when we pray, just start praying. And say, Father, just help me today. And, and, and whatever you got to do. And, and then you start opening, get that book of Proverbs open. And then just start reading. And then, you know, as it read, you read something, a wise man does this thing. Oh, Father, let me be that wise man. Father, I need you. When you look at that and then pray it. Don't just read it. We're all guilty of just going through reading and go, I read that book, hallelujah, what's next? And never really let it sink in. But when you pray and you read and you read and then you pray and you sink it in and you pray what you read, oh, baby, there's things that can take place. And the Father wants that in our lives if we can just work and work and work into digging into that word and dig it into our life. It's like this. How many of you ever dug, dug a hole with a shovel before? That's work. Well, I guess it depends on how big your hole is, but um, when you dig, and you throw it here, you dig, you throw it here. Okay, dig part of the word, throw it here. Dig part of the word, throw it here. Are you following what I'm saying? So as you're praying, pray it into you. This is a thought to do. I once heard a couple of sayings that has stuck with me over the years, and I mean really stuck with me, I'm, I'm wrapping things up here. And, and, and I ask, if you're taking notes, to write these a couple um, thoughts down. Here's the first one. It says, he who kneels the most stands the best. He who kneels the most stands the best. Just a catchy little phrase, but you know, a lot of application. A lot of application that can be applied to our life there. And then the next one. Get on your knees and fight like a man. If there's one thing I think the church is missing today, it's understanding what a real man is. A real man will pray. A real man will take his family by the hand and pray over their life. A real man will be willing to stand up when everyone else is running. You know, I've always been out of the family and trained to, you know, being the, the minister, such a wise business I've been in. That's fine and dandy, but it wasn't until I came to Torah that I truly realized that, you know, you've got to take control of the household. You've got to be the man in the household, the godly man that he's called us to be, to be that leader. And if there's anything, I hope and pray we all get tonight. You want to be a man, a woman of God? Get on your knees and fight like a man. That's what we need more than ever, especially in the day and age that we live in. Again, tonight, our text was pray continually. Meaning what? Pray without ceasing. Wherever you're going, you're driving your car, pray. You're making dinner, pray. You're making your bed, pray. You're sweeping the forest, pray. Whatever you're doing, pray. 
Right. Make it a lifestyle. Make your life nothing but a great big, huge, long prayer. It's like, it, th there's no amen. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> amen. <Yeah. laughs> Do we know what the word amen means? Yeah. 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 To agree, so be it. Amen. Amen. So be it. <laughs> that is what it means. Not to end. Not to close. So be it, Father. Let it happen. Make it happen, Father. That should be our prayer. Now, with all that I've said tonight, I'm asking you, and this is the last little bit, please examine your life. Where can you make yourself available to the Father in prayer more? The whole theme for us, again, was closer. Let's draw closer. Folks, I don't want us... You know, I've, I've been a part of many conferences, many many conventions and things, things that I've ran, I, I was over, and, and things I was assistant in, and, and all that stuff. And, oh man, the power got fell, and this and the other, people were impacted. But you know what? When they walked out the door, sure, they talked about it some here and there, and oh, hallelujah, praise God, it all was great. But it's like the fizzle just really went quick. I don't want that in any of us. When we walk out, when we when we leave Sukkot, don't make it, that was cool, and something you never experience again. If, it's, if I can say it this way, let's just say we're all right here, and then we went to Sukkot, and we went here, and then boom, we're at the next level. We never go back down. Should we go through hard times, clear up road, you name it, but don't go back down in your walk. Are you with me? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, and we are so thankful for all that you are. It's because of your grace and your mercy that we are here. Me and your grace and your mercy. Every day I am amazed at your grace and your mercy. Father, every one of us, we ask right now that you help us. Help us to pray more. To pray continually. No matter what we're doing, where we're going. Father, we need, we need to pray. We need that communication with you. Where we are quiet and we listen. And yes, we ask. As you say, to ask. Because we ask. We know that. We know that. But we don't want to just sit here with a huge shopping list with things to ask of you. We want to become more like you. In order to do that, Father, we know we need to be with you, spend time with you, and just listen to you. And to get your word into our life. Help us, Father. Help us like never before. As these, as what appear, these times we live in seem perilous. And as we know that if it continues, it's only going to get worse. Letting us know, Father, we need you more than ever. We need to be more like you more than ever. Father, help us. Please help us. As we go through these doors tonight, we go back to our fires and have fun around the campfire and, and talk with our friends and, and we talk about things and this, that, and the other. Father, help us. Help us to pray. To no matter what we're doing, we're mindful of you. We're praying and listening to you. We thank you for it all, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Yeshua's name.
And everyone agree by saying, Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you and God bless you all. Paul, a proclaimed Pharisee turned champion of the faith, writing 13 letters which would later become the pillars of Christian doctrine. Millions today use Paul to teach the changing of the law of God, despite the fact that other scriptures declare something quite contrary to the common interpretations of his writings. King David tells us that the law of God is freedom. But many believe Paul said the law of God is slavery. But Paul also said that we should follow the law of God. And he said that he delights in the law of God. But he also said that we are not under the law. This may be completely new to you. You may have never considered any of this. Welcome to The Pauline Paradox, a modern theological reality in which many turn a blind eye. We confront this paradox head on and seek, once and for all, to understand the true Hebraic context in which his words were originally authored, to bring reconciliation to his words, regardless of the depth of this challenge. We discover that Paul stated that he followed the whole law of God and even taught the law of God. We show how Peter, a person who knew Paul better than any today, warned us of how Paul's writings regarding the law were difficult to understand and how his words are misunderstood easily. If one did not know the Old Testament well enough even 2,000 years ago, Peter warned that misunderstanding Paul would cause one to break the law of God in ignorance. We find that even in the first century, Paul was constantly falsely accused of not keeping the law of God. We even see James defending Paul, proving that Paul kept and taught the law of God. This is all in the Bible. One of the keys to unlocking the context of Paul's letters is to have a proper understanding of the debates of the first century. In this series, we will cross-reference several passages to reveal the ongoing dialogue which occurred between the parties involved. We show how Paul was constantly accused of not teaching the whole law of God, and when he was confronted with such accusations, he always claimed to follow and teach the whole law of God even to the point of paying for sacrifices at the temple to prove such accusations to be false. Does this all sound too crazy to be true? We implore you to test everything, to challenge your faith and seek truth, not tradition. The first teaching in the Pauline Paradox series is titled, Is the Majority Ever Wrong? We address the first mental barrier, which is a misplaced confidence in the self-professed doctrinal experts who claim to understand Paul's words. Then, in the teaching, the Paul you never knew, we reveal words of Paul that many never see, the real Paul, the Paul that kept and taught the whole law of God. Following that, we detail in the teaching, why is Paul so difficult to understand, the root cause of why so many misunderstand Paul. This then leads us into the teaching, which law Paul, which to the surprise of many, exposes the fact that Paul was not always just talking about the law of God when he spoke of the law. In fact, Paul mentions at least seven laws. The law of God, 
the law of sin, the law of sin and death, the law of the spirit of life, the law of faith, the law of righteousness, the law of Christ. What are all these laws and how do they relate to one another? More importantly, how does it help us understand Paul's letters in respect to the law of God to help us avoid the error of the lawless that Peter warns us about in reading Paul's letters? It is in that that we then, verse by verse, dive deep into Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, and more to solve and reconcile the Pauline paradox once and for all. We make it available to you in one series so you can test all of this yourself to the unchanging Word of God. For more free information, including these free video teachings, please visit us at testeverything.net. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.